0: You're drowned by my perfect fire, my perfect life. Hello, and welcome to The Lanky Guys. We are The Word on the Hill, and I'm Scott Powell.
1: <laughs> no, you're not. You're not even close to me. Well, you are close to me. People say we look alike. We we. Well, at least when you brothers. have less, less hair on your face and head. Dude, I've said that.
0: I mean, I'm tempted we are to, to just cut it all off, dude. Really? Just shave it? Just shave it. Shave the Pick face, the shave the head. Wow. dude. Have I'm, you
1: ever shaved your head? Uh-huh. I don't know if I knew you then. Nope. Wow. Yeah, dude,
0: this is it. So, um, if you were gonna do
1: it, you should have done it on your Irish retreat. Oh,
0: dude, I was tempted while I was there, but just then, to
1: come back and be like, "Here's a surprise, dude!" It's that so, f- would have been wild.
0: It was so funny. So, you guys, I am. I'm just back from uh, doing a retreat at a traditional
1: Benedictine monastery. I had them all praying for you last week, and I said if they're in Europe, the prayers would reach you faster because of the time difference.
0: Oh, and um, dude, and it totally worked. <sighs> It was a really good retreat. I feel way holier than I did when I first showed
1: up. Were you there for Pentecost? I was. Or were you back yet? Yeah, you were still there.
0: Yep, and um, wow. it's a place called Silverstream Priory, and uh, and it's totally traditional. So sounds it's- like a
1: mortgage company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you I-
0: are such a punk. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just observe the world. That's I hard. just observe, um, and so, dude, I was there, and everything was in Latin. Wow, the they meal get, prayers, they, all the conversations. Yeah, oh, all the conversations. I wish. Um, <laughs> do you? It's like we started. It was like, and uh, we started the meals, and it was like
1: Benedicite,
0: and everybody would respond Benedicite, and then then the prior would like sing stuff, and then we'd have antiphons. Dude, it was like it was awesome. And I think what I'm gonna do is I think I want to institute a monastic week. In my life, dude. A monastic week. Yeah. So then basically everybody, so it's like basically holy silence. So so it's not like grand silence where you can't talk, but you just, everybody kind of is living in silence. You kind of only talk with no small talk just for like things that are right. And you pray Latin meal prayers and you do all the hours at the specific time and you chant everything and you only eat vegetables.
1: Would it be just you, or are you? No, like I want to invite. I want to. I
0: want to invite the whole ministry into monasty week, and everybody that week has to wear their hoodies. We should do it one week in Lent. Yeah, right. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be awesome, and everybody has to wear their hoodies so that then they can <laughs> put their hoods Have on. Them yeah. No. we should
1: all wear the same color hoodie though.
0: Black, very gold,
1: easy. Yeah, blanks. Yeah, um, well, cool, you, man. You,
0: so, dude, it's good. I'm way holier than when I left, and so, wow. um, and, and I'm also way more mellow, man. You are
1: way more mellow. You're you, except for you brought me back. or you, oh. uh, you didn't bring them to me, but you brought back and showed me. Oh, something. Disgusting. One of the saddest things that humans have done recently. No, it's like it's is,
0: kind of watching the collapse of civilization before your eyes.
1: They're called sweet heat skittles which is skittles oh. that are spicy. Spicy skittles. Spicy skittles. I don't skittles. even know what else to say about that. Even the packaging. It's it looks like hell. It's like flames, flames with it's like It's a black package with flames coming out of it and rainbows. And a rainbow it's just, and there's like a hand, like there's a claw over in this corner, like coming out to get you. <laughs> it's
0: messed up. Man. It's messed up. And so. Uh, and so you eat them, and you're like, oh, watermelon, this is delicious. Uh-uh. And then
1: all of a sudden, not for long. Welcome to your cayenne watermelon. There's got to be a good metaphor for sin there. Like, oh man, this tastes really good. Oh, it hurts. Oh, they're right? They're sin. They are little, little, and they, little, and that's what the S on it is for. And the, oh for sin.
0: sin and they mess with their digestion, <laughs> they do like like you it's no. it's sweet in your
1: mouth but it sours in your stomach. No, this is okay. Thank you. I have a new appreciation for what these have brought into our lives. The, oh, this see, is this right. is good.
0: We, there, we knew good. there was something there because it was disturbing. I asked the guy at the counter at the convenience place in the airport. Has anyone bought these? before? I said, dude, have you tried these? And he's like, no. I have not, and I was like, "Hey, would you have one if I bought them?" <laughs> did you? Did he have one? And then he had one with me, and what did and, and so we kind of stood there and like, and then the really geeky other guy who worked at the place came up, and he's like, and he was like now wait like he you know how he knew he knew exactly what was happening with them and so so then the the guy behind the counter he's like those were pretty good and he's like can i have more and i was like (laughs) yes i totally would (laughs) be so happy to share with you the guy at the convenience place in the airport more of my sweet and my sin
1: more of my sin you want another sin metaphor oh Oh, yeah yeah well speaking of forgiveness of sins forgiveness of leaving sin. sin
0: We are entering into the solemnity of the most holy trinity. So, this is uh, Wisdom
1: be attentive. Uh, what it's like, it's something like the weird, it's like the 10th Sunday of ordinary. So, we're in ordinary time, Eight. it's not one of the numerate, it's not one of the ordinal days. It's,
0: a, it's not an ordinal week, though but the rest of the week we will have ordinal stuff.
1: And this previous week, right? right? So, this week that we're recording this at least has been ordinary time, seventh, seventh Which always Sunday. It just throws me off because, yeah, seventh Pentecost. Ordinary thus ends
0: which in if you're in the traditional uh if you're in tradition it's an uh, the octave it's the octave of pentecost yeah i'm bummed that we don't do the octave of pentecost anymore dude we should cuz it's cool you know what we can do instead no we can sing, Spicy. let the fire fall.
1: It did with let those Skittles. Let the fire fall. And it will continue to fall as you keep eating the Skittles. Dude, if
0: and, you know and, and if you eat too much stuff while you eat those Skittles,
1: a whole lot of others going to be falling That's too. That's what I discovered. All right. Well, it is the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity today. You said that, right? Uh, I Or you sure were did. about to. I think I sang it. Oh, I think you did. So our first reading this week is coming from Deuteronomy. Which is one of my favorites, Father Peter.
0: Dude, I still think they need to spell it with D-U-D-E, Dude I
1: hope they don't. Dude chapter four, verse thirty-two through thirty-four, and then jumping to thirty-nine through forty.
0: I love how you are, you make a, a word poem or a, a like a a song with jumping because your word is actually it's the 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 way that you use the thing is actually showing. It's like the gap with that you're waiting for something to land. You can
1: almost picture the sheet of music yeah. with the thing. Jump.
0: Bing. It's I like, feel like
1: I'm, I'm, I'm quoting something or at least citing it. Is it yeah. like the old sportscaster?
0: I don't know. Something. Well, a responsorial psalm. Uh, 33. Sorry. <laughs> Would you like to do this?
1: No. Well, yeah, but no. <laughs> it's not about me.
0: Okay. It's psalm 33, as Scott wonderfully pointed out, uh, verses 4, four to, to 5.
1: five. Go for it. I'm sorry. I'm done. Six, nine. I I'm excited. I'm excited about this song.
0: 18 to 19, 20 to 22. And our responsicle is from 12B.
1: (laughs) Is responsible real or not? Nope. Okay. What is real? Versicle. Thank you. All right. Our reading number two, our second reading is from the book of Romans, chapter eight, verses 14 through 17. And then we go to Matthew. Shorty gospel. We go
0: to Matthew 28. And the verses will be 16
1: to 20. Hey, I like that little melody. It's a real good one. It's very uh, monastic. Hey, dude. It's like you've been staying in a monastery for the last
0: time. Monastery two weeks. living. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: sounds like the opening of a weird sitcom.
0: Dude, um, so I was in an Irish taxi. and that um, makes sense. And he's like, so, so there, uh, where you're from? And I, I and to, to which I responded, well. Uh, you know, I've been living in Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I've been living in that town. He says, "Oh, ho, 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 Mork and Mindy." Hey, well done, Irish cab driver! Irish cab driver, totally amazing, like gift of Mork and Mindy. Like Boulder's
1: on the map for the
0: Mork, dude.
1: Well, I'm I'm happy it still is because that was the Boulder I grew up in.
0: That was the Boulder we we knew and loved and cherished. So it was funny. I, I come should come and knock on my door. That's Threw's company. I know. that. I just wanted to do that. It's too. It's not cool though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding. Uh, uh, okay, I'm not gonna tell the anecdote. I was gonna tell. No, please do. Uh, when I was little, so my family moved here when I was two or three. Okay, to Boulder, Colorado. And I remember, I have this very distinct memory of when I was very young and the family. And that must have been like when Markham Nindy was on the air. I'm dating myself. But it was on the air. And I remember my parents, all they knew about Boulder really, even though we moved here. It was, it was, our family's arrival in Boulder was like an epic greek tale it's it's an awesome story but Ooh, that's a different that's for okay. a different day but we i remember my parents would frequently point out buildings in downtown boulder like oh i'm pretty sure that's the mork and mindy house none of which were <laughs> but now that i look back i think we we literally were pointing out every building on every side of the actual mork and mindy house <laughs> like on every block around it just missing it, dude. Um, but I remember my parents always being like, "Oh, I think that's the Morgan Mindy House." None of which were, dude. Where is the Mork and Mindy House, dude? It's right on Pine Street, over by, by that Sacred big, Head of uh, Jesus. Methodist church. Yeah. Do you know the big that big? Is it a Methodist church? I don't know that big the big church that looks like a castle. Yeah, it's right over there. Yeah, just right next to Sacred Head of Jesus. Yeah. When uh, when uh, what's his face, um, Robin Williams died? There was a whole uh, like memorial of flowers and pictures of Mork in front of it. To the to the extent I think the owners had to put up a sign like please stop putting stuff on our yard we just need to live he doesn't live here it was that but it was done much more tactfully than that yep. all right okay Deuteronomy did we say everything we did all the readings we're yes good? we did the readings well,
0: heck, hey then. I think we're done with the podcast actually <laughs> see
1: everybody I'll be back next week no no okay Deuteronomy I love Deuteronomy why am I talking so fast Deuteronomy chapter four all right here's what I have to say about Deuteronomy um. I, I really do love ugh, I really love Deuteronomy, and so I wish I could talk all day about it, but I won't. I will say this though: the way that Deuter okay, well, here's what I'll say. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to say? I'm trying to some, I'm trying to just slim down all that's in my heart and my mind right now. Okay, Deuteronomy is this in a nutshell. What's the big picture of Deuteronomy? The generation of the Exodus is dying or has died; they are gone or leaving. Okay, and now Moses is trying to rally a new generation to leave the ways of their parents who rejected God and saw you know, the manna and the crossing of the Red Sea and all of these things. And Coca-Cola. And
0: Coca-Cola. Because Pepsi is the choice of a new generation. The new generation. Well,
1: come on. Really? hanging tight in the 80s right now. <laughs> Dude, we are. Go to the Regal Beagle after this. And have a drink. <laughs> but he's trying to rally a new generation, basically, to consider where they've come from, the sins of their parents, and... And be a new kind of nation as they prepare to enter into the promised land. So all of Deuteronomy is basically given on the border of the promised land as they're about to enter in. Mm. And Moses is saying, look, this is the kind of people God is calling you to be. Do not be like your parents. Do not fall into those same sins and those same temptations and and act the same way. And so what he does in the beginning, the whole book of Deuteronomy is essentially... Um, rotates around a series of speeches that Moses gives we're in chapter four. We're in the first speech and the way he spends his first speech, Moses, by the way, himself will not actually enter the promised land. Right. So, and I don't know if it's unclear if he knows that or not spirit, you know, on some deep spiritual level, but he's giving advice to a people that he will not accompany to a place that he will never see. Um, And there's gotta be a certain amount of heartbreak and regret looking back and being like, Mm. we, we didn't do it. Now it's your opportunity to take up, The uh, to take up the flag of the Lord and and do this thing that he's asking of you. So what he does in the first part of his first speech is by going back and looking back on salvation history. And what he does here, I love this reading because he's basically saying, if you consider where you've come from and if you've considered where God has brought our people. Nothing like this has ever happened before. No eye has ever seen what you have witnessed and mm. what you have encountered. The Lord, I'll actually, he says it better than I do. Moses said to the people, ask now of the days of old, before your time, your parents' generation, in other words, Ever since God created man upon the earth, ask from one end of the sky to the other, did anything so great ever happen before? Was it ever heard of? Did a people ever hear the voice of God speaking from the midst of a fire, like you did, and live? That's what happened on Mount Sinai when they were given the Ten Commandments. Or did any God venture in and take a nation for himself in the midst of another nation, Egypt in this case, by testings and signs and wonders, by war, with strong hand, outstretched arm, by great terrors, the plagues, right? All of which the Lord your God Did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. And I like the fact that he actually says before your very eyes, because it wasn't before their very eyes. And I think that's a very important note, both for what Moses is trying to say, for our understanding of salvation history, and for the Jewish just ethos. As he says, all of these things were done before your eyes. They might be sitting there thinking, well, they weren't we weren't born yet, Moses. Remember, that was our folks. But for for, and this is the way we re- need to read salvation history, it doesn't matter for Moses that they didn't witness with their physical pupils the ten plagues and the crossing of the Red Sea, because it's still their story. Right. This is it's like when Jesus and St. Paul, for that matter, talk about our fathers, those of us, the Gentiles who have entered into the church, your father Abraham, your father Moses. Moses, your father Jacob and Isaac. This is not somebody else's family. This is not someone else's story. It's yours. This is even in the understanding of the Passover itself. You know, The understanding of the Passover is that when the Jewish people would celebrate the Passover, it was literally made present to them. Right. They weren't just remembering some long-ago event. That long-ago event was brought into the present moment, yes. which is where we get the understanding of the Eucharist. Right. It is all here and now. When we receive the Eucharist at Mass, we are literally entering into that moment on Calvary when Jesus suffered and died on our behalf for us. We enter into that. We're not just thinking about this long ago event. And so as Moses is recalling salvation history and basically saying, don't forget, he's not just saying, don't forget what somebody else witnessed. He's saying, don't forget what you witnessed, because this is still your story. And as long as it, well... To the degree that it becomes not our story or some distant reality or this distant memory, Mm. we're going to fall into the exact same sins. And this is why Moses spent so much of Deuteronomy telling them the story of salvation history. Because if you forget or you distance yourself or you somehow abstractize it, then you will fall into the sins of the people who came before you. And so that's Moses' intention. You have no... This has never happened before. You are a part of a story so grand, so profound, so monumental, that the only proper choice is to move forward following the God that you've already seen do wonders before. Mm. So don't blow it. Don't mess it up. Don't mess this up. And I have, to, I have to point out, just to bring it into the present moment, I mean, what he literally said just there, you saw the voice of God speaking in the midst of the fire, And now it's your time to start moving forward following that voice, which is exactly where the church is liturgically, as we've just come from celebrating Pentecost when God spoke through the midst of fire. Remember, the tongues of fire that descended on the apostles. The church is saying through the mouth of Moses, hey, you guys just experienced that. You've received the fire of the Holy Spirit, both in baptism and the confirmation. We just celebrated it literally last week. So don't forget, because just as Moses said, never before has God any, done anything like this. By the time of the New Testament, that statement is blown so wide open, it's unfathomable. Mm. Never before has God done anything like what he did now. Yeah, yeah that was amazing in the time of the Exodus, and he's blown that wide open. Mm. So it's an important moment, both liturgically for us, but also in terms of salvation history. This is when Moses is like, now's the chance. Now's your time to choose. Are you going to move forward? Are you going to recognize what God has done? Who are you going to be? Are you going to follow the sins of your parents? Or are you going to move forward and be the people that God has given you the tools and the grace to be?
0: Right. I, You know, I I found myself talking to people about <clears throat> this idea that um, there's not— distant memory and close memory but there's significant and insignificant memory
1: Ooh, that's interesting
0: that uh, that that of course time will kind of whittle away things that are insignificant yeah. and allow to remain those things that are significant but for this reason it's in a certain sense the whole liturgical cycle is a process of remembrance actually
1: The whole liturgical cycle is a process of, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, so it's like,
1: (coughs) it's the doxology. (laughs) The, uh, the past is brought into the present for the sake of the future. Right. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Right. This is the whole methodology of the liturgical structure and of salvation history. Right.
0: Right. No, That's a really beautiful, like direct connection because it's, I mean, it's, it brings us back to the whole Hebrew concept of zakar. Yes, and and yes. the and the Roman concept of memoriam or the Greek concepts of amnesis, yeah. Um, that that what what happens is that we become present to the reality that was, so that we can learn who to be now.
1: Yes, right, exactly right. And as we move forward into the future, absolutely, and that's exactly it. Which. I mean, unless you have more, I think it's actually a really cool segue into the psalm. Okay, yeah, let's go. And here's what's weird about what I have to say about the psalm. <laughs> there is the psalm, yeah. and there is what we have of the psalm, blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own, which is is pretty applicable. Obviously, God has chosen this generation, this people, to be his own as they go and settle the promised land. That's what Moses' speech is all about. But And so that's on its surface level. You're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's why the church would put this here. But if you dig a little bit deeper into the psalm, I think there's much more than that. Because the psalm, we're thrown right into the middle. We're thrown, well, early. we're thrown into verse 4 to begin with. But the way that this psalm starts, it talks about, how does it begin? It says, rejoice in the Lord, you righteous. Mm. Which I like because that's what's being evoked with this new generation. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous. Your parents died in their sin. Praise be to God. Sorry for that. But you now are righteous. It's not that you have to gain or earn your righteousness. You are righteous. So live in it. Don't throw it away. But then it goes on as that famous line, um, praise the Lord of the lyre and the ten-string harp. Sing to him a new song. The idea of sing a new song, um, which is, you know, the music is running in the back of my head right now. Sing a new song unto the Lord. Shir chadash. Is the Hebrew term. Shir, Shir, hadash, Shir, hadash, Shir Hadash. To the Lord. Which appears a lot of times in scripture. This is the very first time it appears. is in Psalm 33. It's Are you It's number sure? one. <laughs> well, play it. That was quick. <laughs> and you had the uh, deadpan face. Yeah. Shir Hadash. Sing a new song. Um, this which is the is, first place. This is the first place it appears. So this appears. is
0: the first new song.
1: This is the first new song. This is the new one.
0: And Which is, which, you know who sings this very well? the new kids on the block
1: do they (laughs) Uh, i don't even i'm not even danny
0: dude danny you've
1: you've moved i was happy with our references to the 80s and you've you've unfortunately brought us into the 90s dude. oh it's okay it's nobody's fault anyway um shadir hadash shadir hadash but it's it's beautiful with what's happening in the first reading because there is the recounting of what has happened and where you've come from But if you understand where you've come from and if you understand what God has done, the only proper response is to sing praise to him. But let it be new because now you have a new opportunity. That's what this first reading is all about. You guys get to start fresh. You are not slaves to the sins that have come before you. You are not slaves Hmm. to what has happened before. You need to know it and it needs to be close to you and you need to recognize that. But now you can begin again. You can sing a new song. Because God's salvation is fresh and it's new every day. And this new generation gets a chance to sing a new song as they enter this new promised land that God is giving to them, who are Israel. Mm. The eternal people of Israel is now being given a new song to sing. Which, I don't know. I mean, there's so many applications for Again, as we come out of Pentecost, Pentecost, you can't underestimate... How it's so funny because it's the end of the Easter season and I think the vast majority of Catholics have actually forgotten that it's still Easter by the time we get to Pentecost. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a distant memory and we forget that this is literally the capstone of the entire thing. Christ has has died. he He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. And then 50 days later, he gave us the tools to do something about it. And by the time we actually get there, we're like, wait, what happened again? Why, you know, it's just so distant from us, right? Which is Moses's reminder: no, don't let it be distant. It doesn't matter how many years ago it was. It doesn't matter how many days ago or weeks ago it was. You have to bring it into now, and our now is living in right now. We're in the octave of Pentecost as we celebrate this. In a certain sense, right? Yeah, we're living in the midst of that fire from heaven that's been given to us. So sing a new song because now is the moment to begin moving forward because you've been given the grace for the church to come alive. Mm. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop there because I want to come back to that point for the gospel.
0: Yeah, I I just I, I mean I I I am kind of caught in the in the whole practical reality of. What is a song? <laughs> and a song is this is a beautiful combination of the of the sentiments of the heart of the knowledge and the world view that you possess. So Worldview that's is good. is actually something that's given to us, like, okay. and, and we, we get in we get invested into a worldview, and yeah, yeah, um, and how, how is this? And that's really the remembrance, in a certain sense, Moses is talking about, mm. because if we're not rooted in a proper worldview, there are there are inheritances, like we're Catholics, so we yeah. inherit a particular worldview, absolutely, a, and I mean, in in a real way, that's actually. Like the substance of our of of our whole conversation, yeah, is what do we actually believe that reality and our world and where we come from, where we go, where we coming from, Cotton, Cotton Eye Joe, Joe. like like <laughs> what what is <laughs> what are these things? And so so it's an integration of memory, of understanding, of hope, because 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 you only sing out of uh, out of out of real hope actually of transformation of something new. Then we must have a lot of hope on this podcast. We have lots <laughs> of hope right here and I hope that you have some too. So so then it's so it's feeling, it's intellect and ideas and its memory mm. all bringing all bringing being brought about. Mm. But that it, it's meant to be rooted because the truth is is like I I, you can break away and you can have a totally new song, and then you get dubstep. And though it's <laughs> uh, though it's interesting, <laughs> that's
1: that's a fair statement. You know, right? it's like um, yeah, it's
0: it's like you you're like but but it's like It's actually pretty good. You, yeah, it's like bop, 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 bop. of course it that's yeah. rooted in its own kind of memory, which is all that's of, true. Rooted in a, the 808 and the transformation of the 808 kit from Roland, the drum kit, which is no idea what you're yeah, that's okay. But
1: there there is a place for darker songs. I mean, the Book of Lamentations is one long funeral dirge right. for the city of Jerusalem. So right. the, Which is what memory and identity, right? So there's a place for that, right? Yeah, dubstep's a bit of a different reality, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love <laughs> I love that you are trying to find the connection between I'm dubstep trying, yeah. and
1: lamentation. I'm trying. That's okay. No Let's go into the it. second reading. All right, the second reading. I mean, it's it's there's a lot we could say about the Book of Romans in general, but it's hard to not. I mean. <laughs> You just literally read this. You're like, oh, this is the instructions, essentially, for the people. (laughs) Yeah, in the time of of Moses, but for people who are like the people in the time of Moses, which is us. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Because this is Paul saying, okay, this is... but, But Paul, you cannot deny, if you really study Paul, especially in Romans. I think Romans, more than any other book, is framed around the story of the Exodus. You cannot read Romans without seeing the Exodus story embedded in every, almost every line. So when Paul writes this, saying, brothers and sisters, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but a spirit of adoption through which we cry, Abba, Father, and the Father bears witness to this. You can't read that and not think of Paul thinking of the Exodus story hmm. in which what? They fell back into fear. As they were led by the spirit. And actually, you know, when the, the the Red Sea is parted in the book of Exodus, it's Moses' hand that does it. But what the Hebrew says is it's God's ruah that actually separates the water, which is the same thing that created, that formed all of creation at the beginning of Genesis. Mm. It's God's spirit that's leading them. And, that's and what it, do they do? They it's, fall it's back a, into fear. And
0: that's the same thing that gave us CPR t- uh, in the mud. Huh? Oh, he breathed into his nostrils. CPR in the mud.
1: Well, well played for the <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> That That's good,
0: man. I've just, I just kind of recently decided that I'm going to give myself over to s- poetic speaking. I think that's fair. Just in case, like just people you... are like, "What did he
1: say?" I don't understand. <laughs> that's what you want, though. Because then they're going to think that you're just really wise mm-hmm. and they dude, have to figure it out. Exactly. Like, what? Like, but I'm not going to ask him because I don't want to look like a dummy.
0: Yeah, when in fact I don't even know what I said. That's the, that's the brilliance. Though. Yeah, dude, you can that's, pull that off. Yeah, what I like is the progression of, yep. of okay, here's a reality of identity. You're an adopted child. So don't fall into fear, but cry Abba Father.
1: And it's not just fear. Um, they're living, the Exodus generation is living Out of a spirit, not just a fear. They're living in a spirit of slavery, because they're literally saying the words, "Wasn't it better when we were in slavery?" You know what I mean? (laughs) They're like, "Let's at least we had beds." I know they were in a prison cell essentially, but at least you know there was three square meals a day. I mean, prison stinks, but at least they feed you. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is this is where they're living, which is you know it's a familiar thing. Like freedom is hard, and it's scary and it's terrifying, and it's really easy to go back to our. The slavery of our own sin and the slavery of our own fear because at least it's recognizable. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's hard to move forward into the unknown. It's Abraham, right, being told by God, hey, I want you to get up and start following me and I'm not going to show you where you're going yet. Right. That's terrifying. Yeah. It'd be much easier now just to go back under the covers, you know. But this is what Paul is saying. But you can't separate what Paul is saying from the story of salvation history. Right. And he's expecting that when you read this, this isn't just some novel, beautiful, poetic line. It's saying, oh, yeah, I know what he's talking about. And I remember that story of when my people fell back into a spirit of slavery. And I know what the consequences of that were. So I get this because I don't want that to happen again. But to divorce it from the story of salvation history, you miss so much of what he's trying to say. Right. Right. Which is kind of cool. And if you follow it, he says the Spirit is actually bearing witness that you're actually children, not just children, but heirs. And if you're heirs, then you're going to be glorified with him, provided that you suffer with him. Why? Because freedom is actually difficult. And following Jesus is difficult. And we don't live in a health and wealth gospel where if you just believe in Jesus, everything will be awesome. Now, if you believe in Jesus, you'll carry a cross.
0: Yeah, well, I was I was reading. Uh, so I got introduced to a potential saint, somebody who's going to be like servant. <laughs> oh, of, I see. I didn't servant of God kind of thing. And uh, there was a quote, and it was there was this big dilemma in their <clears throat> life um, about this uh, this mother abbess, who everything that this mother abbess did was successful. Everything. Okay. And so this, <clears throat> so this, through a bunch of spiritual directors, this is some weird translation from French, so I'm trying to understand if it was the gal that I think is going to end up a saint or if it was some other one. Hmm. But reg- I think it was another one, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. But that was a very complicated way to say the spiritual director wrote to her and said, everything that you're doing is successful. You have to get out of league with Satan. Oh. Because the the chosen ones of God are always marked with distress and trials, and so I'm doing awesome. <laughs> the amount of <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. No, no. <laughs> like it, it actually opened my heart up to something. Mm-hmm. It was it was very kind of you know f- French early century oh of of saying like. You have too much success in your life and you have to quit allying yourself with sin and Satan and and the promises of the evil one. Because the truth is, is that the holy ones of God are always marked with the pattern of the crucifixion in their lives. Mm -hmm. In the point in which things don't make sense and you have to accept your trials and you try stuff and you're moving out in faith and then you're like, Lord... If we're the chosen people, why don't you try choosing somebody else for a little while? You what know it, what I'm saying. What's Saint
1: Teresa of Avila? Is it Saint Teresa of Avila? If
0: this is how you treat your friends, it's, how, it's, it's no wonder you have so few of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? like it's just it's just really hard to wear. Like, yeah, like mm. the, that. We if we are willing to be with him, because it's it, we are gonna have trials, yes, but we will
1: yeah. be glorified. Yes, provided that we suffer with him. Provided provided that
0: we're willing to actually be with him. Yeah. And what being with him means is being
1: cruciform. Yes, that's it. Which is, uh, so there's the remote story of salvation history, which is the Exodus. Then there's the proximate story Could of salvation. Could you pass the remote? I'm ah. sorry. Then there's the proximate story of salvation history, which is Pentecost, which, just, which we just celebrated on Sunday. Which right? is very close for comfort. Ooh.
0: Dude, I'm just working in it. Good. I'm just that working was, it. That you was know, a approximate stretch. close for comfort. Yeah, that
1: was it. Come and knock on my door. Come and knock on my door. Okay. Um I mean, uh, too close for comfort? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hold on. 3 is comfort. 3 is company. company. What? A, too close for comfort. Yeah, I don't I feel yeah. like it's a reference. It's not. Um so what the church is doing though, following Pentecost is getting what it means to follow after Jesus. Which is to be cruciform because, and you, and you know that they get that. It's a, our matey, Father Peter put on an eye patch <laughs> <My> <laughs> just to get me off just to Just <laughs> to really mess with you. But they're, they obviously get it because as soon as they begin to preach the gospel, they begin to suffer, right? And they start to get persecuted and thrown in jail and put on trial and, and they take it, right? right? Because they're going close to Christ. But right. you get this sense as Pentecost happens, concludes, I suppose, And they're beginning to move forward. There has to be this moment. Because, you know, prior to Pentecost, they received the messages of Jesus. They received the instructions. They got the Great Commission to go out to all the nations. And yet, what are they doing? They're locked in the upper room, terrified. They cannot move. They have what? In a certain sense, they've fallen back in a spirit of slavery. They've locked the doors. We right. have to be imprisoned here because they will get us. Right. That's how they're living. Right. And then the Spirit comes, and Pentecost actually enlivens the Spirit that was given to them when Jesus breathed on them. Right. And what do they do? Well, I, I like to imagine—and we know the story. They go out, they speak in tongues, they baptize. But I like to imagine that there's a moment in there, or probably a series of a million moments, where the apostles' minds, what do they do? They go back to their even more immediate story of salvation history. And they say, wait a second, didn't Jesus say that we're supposed to go out to all the nations and baptize them? Didn't he? I didn't get what he was saying at the time. But now I'm recalling, I'm going back to that moment. And it's fitting that in the scheme of the gospel reading and the liturgical structure, we're going backwards in time. Ever so slightly, right? right? It's going, we've gone from Pentecost last week. To 50 days prior and just after the resurrection, because I wonder if that's where the disciples' minds are going. Pentecost happens. What do they do? They're like, we need to remember what he said. We need to go back. You know, it's this moment of like, oh, I get that we're supposed to do something now. What did he say again? Let's go back. Let's go through. Let's recount those conversations. You know what I mean? And that's what the church is also doing. Okay, now that you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, so many people across the church were confirmed probably in the last few weeks as the church is surrounding Pentecost. And now what is the church doing in the liturgy? Saying, okay, go back now. Go back and recount what you're supposed to do. Go back to the story. When Jesus, right before he ascended, here's what he said. He said, all the power in heaven and earth is given to me, and I'm giving you the authority to go out to all the nations and baptize and make disciples. Mm. But none of this makes any sense without the recounting of salvation history, the going back to right. that moment. And what's, what's even more interesting than, well, what's also interesting, and this is my last point, is that if you take the first reading and the gospel reading, the first and the last, they're actually the inverse of each other. So what do we have in the first reading? Well, you are tempted to fall back into a, sl- a spirit of slavery and fear. Don't. Go and establish your homeland. Go home essentially is what the first reading is getting at. Go to the promised land. This is what God has established. Don't be afraid to go to your home. Go to your home. Go home. And in the gospel reading, what's happening? Okay, now that you've done that... Now don't fall back into a spirit of slavery, of going back home. Now go out. Right. You've gone home. We've done that. That phase of salvation history is complete. Now it's the time to go out to yes. all of the nations. Yes. It's the same spirit of fear and of slavery that drives both of the people of God in different times to not want to do either. And it's the same spirit that is actually empowering them to do both mm. at different times as the story of salvation history presses on. Yeah. But what the gospel is saying is don't go home now. That was the time for that has passed. Now it's the time to go out. And the only reason the disciples can get that is by putting themselves back in the story of salvation history. Right. And saying, wait a second. What what did we experience? Oh, I get it now. That's what I got.
0: It's like the doxology that you said before. Yeah. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. Yeah. That we established our homeland. Yep. We saw what that we saw what it took to actually show us what home is. It's kind of the, this Paschal yes. mystere, mystery, yeah. um, prefigured in an existential way in Israel, hmm. then lived out in Christ. Of which then he breaks the new boundary yeah. of saying, I'm going to actually show you what your new homeland is now. Right. And exactly. and now you're going to be on a journey forward and you're you have actually yet become a pilgrim people. So remember the great yeah. things that he did while you were a pilgrim people. Yes. And how he That's led it. you by the fire. Yes. How that's and, yes, and, that's that, it. and that fire at once was something that was outside of you, in front of you, and behind you yes. in a distant, in a remote tent. Now which that, you needed. Which you needed. But now that fire is yes. in you and you now are going to actually lead a new people going out to the nations yes. and showing them and telling them so that they can have a context for their own pilgrimage, for their own destiny, their, their own exoduses, their own oh. entrances and back into the... Uh, into being this inheritance into uh, going into the inheritance, which is, is, um, is saying, okay, we're going to suffer with him. We're going to go there. But this is, this is, you know, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And we're a pilgrim people.
1: Which, what a killer way to begin ordinary time. They're it. like, boom. Now it's go time. You've had the celebration. We've right. had the feasts. We've remembered now, it all. We've remembered it all. Now it's time to go. Right. Now it's live it out. Now live it out.
0: And you're a, and you guys are all lit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh you guys. Dude, you are a lit people. Hmm. I got a couple shout outs. Shout it, shout
0: this one, shout it all out. This one comes with some caveats. These are the caveats
1: that we are about, so Mm. shout it. Okay, so here's the deal I've gotten this email a number of times (laughs) Uh, from a number of sisters' ordination. Well, here's the thing okay, I mean, the
0: sisters' profession, not ordination. No, that's that's, That's, that's not that's not the Catholic Church.
1: So, we gave a, a shout out a number of weeks ago to our friend Michael Flight. (laughs) <laughs> who from from Illinois, who did not want a shout out for himself. Rather, he wanted a shout out in honor of Sister Laura Soppet and Sister Laura Toth, who made their first vows um, with uh, the mission of Our Lady of the Angels and the Franciscans of the Eucharist of Chicago. We gave that shout out to the sisters. <laughs> yes. But I do believe that may have been the podcast that got lost in.
0: Oh, in the technical in the
1: world of technicalities. So what happened? Because I keep thinking we gave that.
0: <laughs> yeah, Scott and I, like we, we did a podcast that you may have been like, "Is this a repeat?" A couple weeks ago, because we did not announce it as a repeat because we had done a I real one. Out all of
1: the pertinent, D- yeah, it cultural was, things.
0: It was just one of those things. Yep. Which, by the way, that one was hilarious. I it was, shared it with people at a ha- at half speed on the yep. podcast, which you really <laughs> should do on an occasion just for if a good laugh, want.
1: if you want. Yeah, but anyway, so I I thought we gave that shout. So Michael and both of you sisters, we meant to give this shout-out a number of times. I thought we had, but I think we lost the podcast. we shouted you out in our hearts. Sister Laura Sabbath, Sister Laura Toth, praise be to God that you've made your first vows. Um, Praise be to God for that. Uh, I also want to give a little uh, shout-out slash announcement. If any of you are near Chicago... Uh, there's going to be a great conference that I'm going to be speaking at coming up what? in June. Um, did, your get, did your boss give you permission? To yeah, that, we've talked we? about this, oh, man. Okay, good. Um, Mundelein Seminary. So, the University of St. Mary of the Lake. Mundeline Seminary does a summer scripture conference every year. Um, and so it's going to be the, I think it's the last week of June, the 27th through the 29th, something like, something like that. Uh, no, the 24th through the 29th. Something like so that. So I'm going to be there. Dr. Mary Healy is going to be there. Dr. Dennis McNamara. Um, Dr. Thomas Wetzel. A bunch of bunch of folks talking about the scriptures and the Holy Spirit in the scriptures. So if anybody's near Chicago, check out, um, you can just go to Mundelein Seminaries. Web page and look for the Summer Scripture Conference. It's going to be great. A shout-out to, uh, to to Megan and to Jesse and all the folks that are putting that together. Um, they have been very good to us. So I'd love to meet any of you there if you're out in Chicago. And uh, that's all I got, Father Peter. We love you guys.
0: You guys are the bomb diggity, as my dad would say. Yes, he would. And uh, and uh, thanks for joining us for this podcast yet again. We will see you next week. That is if um, you consider listening to us, mm-hmm. if you're a synesthete, then you will actually see us while you hear us, which is a very distinct it's weird It's like thing. Pentecost.
1: It's <laughs> as if they were seeing it rather than hearing it.
0: Wow. Boom.
1: Although I don't think we want to put ourselves in that category. God bless you all. See ya. Bye. The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. You can find us online at www.thomascenter.org A-I-C-T. You can send us an email, lankyguys at thomascenter.org. And we love you guys. Keep us in your prayers.